When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. And it is another Victory Friday. That doesn't sound right. Victory Friday. It's normally Victory Monday. It doesn't matter. The Steelers won. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field on Thursday night in the official, air quotes, Week one of the NFL preseason, 24 to 16. It wasn't always pretty, to be completely honest. It was not always pretty, but the Pittsburgh Steelers pull out a win, and there was plenty to talk about about this game. We are going to have winners and losers for you in this podcast. My heart to heart at the very end, which I'm, I'm really excited to go through, and then also, yes, that's right, Mister Captain, Mister Captain Blue, check mark. Michael Beck will be joining us in the second segment to talk about the game that was. We'll get into all that. Before we get into all that, I want to make it very clear that Pittsburgh Steelers fans, if you consider yourselves a diehard Steelers fan, then you should be checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com early and often. We are going to have the best content that you can ever imagine right in one spot. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is a part of SB Nation, which is a part of Vox Media. And also... Our podcast platform is growing. I'm so proud, and I'm so proud, you know, as someone that kind of oversees everything, uh, Brian Anthony Davis, as the podcast producer, has done a tremendous job. 
piecing together, I think, one of the best schedules ever. You have not just the morning shows, my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride. You have the live mic on Tuesday with Michael Beck. You have the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. had a great show yesterday. Make sure you check that out. Um, Also, our noon shows, which are new. We're talking about the Fantasy Football Fix. We're talking about the Ohioans and the Power Half Hour uh, we're talking about on the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict. We're talking about the war room with Maddie Peverell. And then coming up is what Yin's talking about, the last show to debut from this new podcast platform. Remember, you can get our podcast wherever you get podcasts. All you have to do is search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. That's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify. does not matter. Find us, follow us, subscribe. You won't regret it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Everyone loves my winners and losers. I don't know why. It, it's Maybe it's because people are, con- you know, you kind of get a good grasp of who did well and who didn't do well. And I understand that. But understand this. This is just my list. Okay. So if I'm saying something, you might say, I totally disagree with you, Jeff. That guy should have been a loser or should be a winner. And that's okay. It's okay to disagree, but this is my list. These are my winners and my losers, not yours, but let's go over them. Let's start with the winners. And I'm recording this early in the morning on Friday morning uh, after the game, just due to work, having to record it late. I really don't like these Thursday games. I'm glad this is the last one. But here we are talking about the winners from the 24 to 16 victory. And the first on my list, it was pretty, pretty easy. I went with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, listen to this stat line, 16 for 22, 161 yards, 7.3 average, one touchdown, no interceptions with a rating of 108.3. Now, you might be saying 16 to 22, 161. That's not a, a ridiculous stat line. He played maybe at the tail end of the first quarter, the whole second, the whole third, and then even into the fourth based on the fact that the Steelers had the ball at the end of the third and they wanted to let him finish the drive. That drive ended up stalling out. Uh, But he got the Steelers in the red zone. They were moving the ball well. He was finishing drives. Only one drive that he ran into the red zone finished with a field goal, not a touchdown. And I tried to explain this, and it's tough to it's tough to put into words. But if you're someone that watches the Steelers, you actually watch the games. I mean, preseason is different. Not every game's on TV. Even if you get Sunday ticket from DirecTV, you're not guaranteed to get every game. If you were able to watch this game, you would see that Dwayne Haskins just looks comfortable. And it's and again, I can't really put into words. I'll do my best, but I can't really put into words exactly what I mean. Dwayne Haskins just looks like he is comfortable in Matt Canada's offense. You can call him captain check down, whatever you want. He made the throws that he should have made. And he had a misfire early in the game. I think it was second quarter. And I said on Twitter that he threw a ball and he scrambled to his left. So he rolled out and he's mobile enough. He's not a running quarterback, but he's mobile enough. He gets outside the tackle box. He has a throw against his body. It's a difficult throw to make. I understand that. I wasn't the the direction of the throw. The, The receiver was open, but by gosh, he threw it 99 miles an hour when all he had to do was just lob it over the linebacker, get a first down and move the chains. And it almost was like after that pass, 
everything settled down. Everything slowed down. He looked good, making the right reads. He was able to get the defense to jump off sides, and the free play was his lone touchdown pass. Dwayne Haskins looks good. I would love to see it. I'm not calling it. I don't think it's going to happen. I'd love to see on Saturday in the Steelers' third preseason game against the Detroit Lions, which, by the way, Mike Tomlin said that Ben Roethlisberger is going to play. That shouldn't shock anyone. It's the third preseason game. It's what they've always done with Ben. It's what they're always going to do with Ben. And so Ben's going to play a little bit, and I would love to see Dwayne Haskins come in next. Not so much that it's a cut on Mason Rudolph, but more so let's see what Haskins can do right after Roethlisberger's done. I would assume that they're going to keep the offensive line together for a little bit longer. I want to see what he can do and keep some of those receivers in there. Let's see him throwing passes to Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, and, and maybe some others, not just Eric Ebron being one, not just the second you know tier of players. I want to see it. We'll see if it happens. Next, I, I can't believe it. People that listen to my podcast all last season are probably thinking, Jeff is so tired right now because it's so late. He's delirious. Why in the world? He put who on his list, his winner's list? That's right, Justin Lane, or as we call him here on the my ride or die call, crew calls him, Lustin Jane because he that all stems from last season. I, I said something about him blowing an assignment, and he came after me on Twitter. Um, Justin Lane, he finished with two tackles, one solo, one pass defense, and an interception. But I'll put this simply. When I was writing an article for the website, I wrote five defensive players to watch, and I included Justin Lane. And a lot of people might have read the article and said, why in the world would I want to watch this guy? He hasn't played well. He's a third-round draft pick. The Steelers, if, if they can't turn this guy into something, boy, is that a swing and a miss. It's not an Artie Burns swing and a miss, but it's a swing and a miss. And so for Justin Lane, I'm sitting here, I'm like, if he just, just make a play, man. Just make a play. I don't I don't care for him after the, what he did on Twitter, but at the same time, I want to see him succeed because he's going to equate to the, the Steelers succeeding, and he did. He made a play. You can say that the interception was because of Jameer Jones or the pressure on the court. I don't care. We've seen so many defensive backs drop interceptions in the past. I was just happy he made the play. So Justin Lane makes my winner's list. Another one, I'm going to put them together. I feel like I have to put them together, and that would be Dan Moore Jr. and Kevin Dotson. Now, these players did not play with the starters. They were with the second team, but man, these two guys together, they were road graders. They were mauling the Eagles' second-string defensive line and third-string. Didn't matter who they put out there. That left side, because remember, Dan Moore Jr.'s left tackle, Kevin Dotson's left guard, when they were in there together, they could have ran down the left down the left side of the field every single time, and it would have been there. It would have been open. They were going to make holes, and they would have busted off five, like three to five yards per clip. It would have been a beautiful thing to watch. I get why they didn't, but boy, were they impressive. And for Kevin Dotson, this guy has been drugged through the mud. His name, and no fault of his own, mind you. It comes back to bogus reports people that are taking reports and twisting them into their own narratives, Mike Tomlin's words being taken the wrong way, and Kevin Dotson did what he should have done. Go out on the field and just dominate. You're with the twos? Okay. Go against their twos and make them look silly. Mission accomplished. Kevin Dotson, good job. And I'll tell you what, Dan Moore Jr., if he keeps playing like this, and if Chooks Okorafor does not play well, I'm not saying he's going to start in week one, but there might be a point in this season that he unseats Okorafor. 
Just saying it. You heard it here first. Next, let's go to the pass rush. The Steelers had two sacks, six quarterback hits, two tackles for losses. That They didn't have the four sacks they had against Dallas, but they put pressure on the quarterback, mainly that pressure that resulted in that Justin Lane interception, and they started to get to the quarterbacks. They got a a sack of Joe Flacco. How good did that feel, by the way? Didn't it just feel like old times? Uh, When I saw Joe Flacco laying on the ground, and he stands up, and he starts tugging up his pants, and he has that stupid look on his face, I was like, this is just like old times. This is It just seems right, you know, for the Steelers to sack Joe Flacco. I thought the Steelers' pass rush has proven one thing. It doesn't matter who's in there. They're going to get after the quarterback. And they're going to blitz. They're going to blitz. That's Keith Butler's MO. And they're going to live and die by it. And right now, they're living by it. They're living big. So good for the pass rush. I have them on my winners list. Next, I have the running game. I know. Shocker. This is crazy. The running game, 42 carries, 152 yards, a 3.6-yard average, and two touchdowns. Not a great average, but remember that still would have been um, that, that would have been about par for last last season. I think that the Steelers, though, ran the ball efficiently. They didn't have a big, huge run that gave them all those yards. It was grinding out yards, scoring in the in the red zone. They ran the ball well in the red zone. And I also should have thrown in a caveat here, the caveat being Adrian Clem. And this guy has almost single-handedly changed the way the Pittsburgh Steelers approach the run game. So Mike Munchak leaves three years ago, and Sean Sarek is promoted. And we all think the same thing. The the peer becomes the teacher, and that he's going to do the same job. Well, we know that didn't happen. It did not happen. And in fact, I would say almost the opposite happened. Mike Munchak had a very efficient, different, but efficient offensive line. Sean Sarek, they, they just couldn't do anything well. And with Adrian Clem... It's almost if he said, look, if we're not going to be the best offensive line, we're going to be the most physical, and we're going to be physical and aggressive, and that's exactly what they've been doing. I hope they can continue that and carry that into the regular season. Two more winners to get to. Next, Jameer Jones. Jameer freaking Jones. Jameer Jones is just everywhere. He led the team in tackles with four, three solo, had one sack, one tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. I'm not saying that Jameer Jones is punching his ticket to the starting lineup. And I'm not saying he's punching his ticket to the 53-man roster. But I am saying this, that Jameer Jones is putting forth an effort that is going to have him on a roster come cut down. And I'm not talking about first cuts. The Steelers are going to have to make cuts by, I think, Tuesday. Uh, They have to cut, uh, I think, five players by Tuesday. Jameer Jones isn't anywhere near that cut list. If the Steelers want to keep him, which I think they should... He could provide value. You just see him. You notice him on the field. And that's something that I cannot stress how important that is to me. And am I a coach? No. Am I a scout? No. Am I an analyst? No. I'm a fan, just like you. But when a fan can notice a player just by watching the football, that tells you that that player is always around the football and they're always seeming to make plays. Jameer Jones could provide quality depth at the outside linebacker position. How would they keep that many? Would he bump Cassius Marsh off? Would Quincy Roche not make the team? These are all difficult questions, but they're good, difficult questions to have to answer. When you have too much talent, it's better than not enough. Jameer Jones has been really, really good this preseason and deserves to be on the winner's list. Last winner for me 
is the injury report. Why? There were no new or major injuries of note. Even last week in Dallas, you know, Kalen Balaj hurt his, he, I think it was an ankle or something like that, and Tomlin said he might be limited. So there was still that injury. There were no injuries to that that were known right now. After the game, there was no new reports. That's good news. Anytime you can get out of a preseason game without having anyone suffer an injury is a good day. It's a great day, to be completely honest with you. Now let's go to the losers. There were some losers. Even though the Steelers won, I I try not to nitpick. I really try not to nitpick. I try to just say to myself, okay, Jeff, if you're looking at this, where were the weak points? And so I'm going to say... I was I'll, let me put it this way. I was going to put the defense, the starting defense on there after you know they had the uh the big 70-yard screen pass and all that stuff. But you know what, after Mike Tomlin's press conference after the game, he said, "Look, we don't care about that. We have our basically our defensive script on something as small as an index card." He said, "So, we're going to give up plays. That's okay. We're we're evaluating talent." So when I heard that, I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to do that." What I am going to throw in there are penalties. The Pittsburgh Steelers, in terms of penalties, they were penalized five times for 36 yards, and it's not so much the amount. It's not so much that they had five. It's not so much that they had 36 yards. It's really just the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers had really poor penalties at bad times. Najee Harris, my gosh, he had some great plays that were called back due to holding penalties. You just can't have those. It puts you behind the sticks. It doesn't just negate a a good play. It moves the ball back, and now all of a sudden it changes everything. It changes the complexion of the situation, the down and distance, obviously. Uh, but still, penalties were a problem. And the next on the on the losers list, and the only other loser, I had two. I just thought the starting O line, just the starting O line in the this preseason game, which was left tackle Chuksakor for it was his first game at left tackle in the NFL, and it was his first live action since last regular season when he played right tackle. At left guard, you had Rashad Coward. And I I thought that Coward's been doing a great job. But let's be honest, we all hope and think that Kevin Dotson will be the starter before the regular season rolls around. Center, Kendrick Green, right guard. You're talking about Trey Turner getting his first live game reps as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, He's been back, but we're all wondering, what are we going to get out of Trey Turner? Fans want to know. And then right tackle was not Zach Banner. It was Joe Haig. So even though it was a step in the right direction, it wasn't the actual offensive line that we are all going to get accustomed to seeing once the games start counting in week one. But I still wasn't happy with it. Thought it could have been better. I thought Chuksakor 4 could have been better. I thought that it would look different if it wasn't Coward if it was Dotson in there. And I think Zach Banner would make a difference. And I think Trey Turner will settle in. We'll see. The starting offensive line, I expect more. But I'm not going to really expect more until we get the entire expected or projected offensive line on the field. All right, so I'm going to take a quick break. After this break, I'm going to be back with Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark Michael Beck. And we're going to talk about this game. We're going to talk about some rumors, the Joe Schobert rumors what that means for the Steelers, the cuts, all that good stuff. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and joining me, as always, on cue, I'm really not looking forward to this, it's <laughs> Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark himself, Michael Beck. And the reason why I'm not looking forward to this is this clown in the middle of a preseason game. I mean, how important is a preseason game? I'm trying to do all this work. He's over there twiddling his thumbs about how he passed me on the followers or something. Michael, what the heck's going on? I mean, I mean, how are you It's Whatever. Just go ahead and talk. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm starting to think that the people are just starting <laughs> to like me more. It's uh, It was one of those shocking developments that needed to be reported. You know, the Steelers had to break some news of their own, trying to make a trade during the middle of a game. I thought I had to break my own news. That's that's really what it came down to. I had people on the ride or die crew that said they're going to create burner accounts and just go <laughs> and follow me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I think you passed me by like 20 now. So <laughs> it was really my own funeral. <laughs> it's okay. It was all for, it's all in fun. And yeah, my absolutely. wife was sitting on the couch with me and she's watching. She knows my, I, I love the gifts. You can call it GIF, GIF. I could care less. We all know what we're talking about. I think they're hysterical and I love using them. She goes, you're having way too much fun. And it was all fun and games until I look up. Joshua Dobbs is in the victory formation and I am so far behind on the game recap. And I'm like, Oh, Jeff, you really just screwed the pooch <laughs> on this one. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm definitely partly responsible yeah, for that. Okay. So uh, sorry. It's, it's a preseason. It's all right. We're all, we're ironing out the Kings. Hey, a quick question. So you brought up the news that wasn't about our followers, which we don't have a lot of anyways. Um, you brought up the news about Joe Schobert and you were the one that kind of broke this on our Slack channel. What are your thoughts about this? Because right now everyone's talking about Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph, and not that we're not going to talk about that, but my goodness, what, what do you think about this? This is huge. Honestly, I think this changes the defense completely and something I was not prepared for. Uh, honestly, I think the Steelers are just taking advantage of a, a coach that just wants to burn down the the old environment. Uh, the, of course, er, that's Urban Meyer uh, blowing things up in Jacksonville. And the Steelers are getting a, a high volume tackler. Like I'm pretty sure uh, total tackles over the last five years. If he's not number one, I think he's number two. Uh, he's a high volume tackler. He's a good coverage linebacker. And of course we saw tonight, the Steelers still love putting those inside linebackers on wide receivers and tight ends. Yep. So at the very least, if they're going to run that defense, at least get someone who's kind of known as the best at doing that. So I think this is a huge upgrade and one that uh, I, I honestly didn't think was going to be available. I think the Steelers, uh, until I guess until we know what uh, is going back the other way, I have a feeling this is going to be a huge win for this team. Well, that's my next question. Put on your prognosticator hat. What do you think they had to give up for this? Oh, it makes it like I get the first thing that pops to mind if they're doing a player trade because Jacksonville doesn't have many uh, offensive weapons. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a James Washington so sort of situation. Really? Okay. Um, 
That being said, though, because he's hurt, I think that might complicate things. And I'm not sure if you're able to make trades with hurt players. But that being said, I got a feeling uh, for someone that, of course, of uh, Schobert's caliber, I still think it's got to be a draft pick and probably a future, maybe like a 2023 uh, mid-round pick, maybe maybe a fourth, maybe a third, considering how much money, because uh, that's also the rumor that Jacksonville is holding on to some of this cap hit. That's really what I think will affect the uh, the nature of the draft pick. But at the end of the day, it seems like Urban Myers is kind of hell bent on uh, rebuilding this team in his image, uh, moving some money out. So I I don't know. I, like I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers somehow fleeced this kind of top uh, inside linebacker for pennies on the dollar. Really, a really strange situation when the Steelers are playing the game and this news breaks. It almost had the feel of. You know, you've seen it in hockey, you've seen it in baseball, when at the trade deadline, a guy gets traded in the middle of a game or something, and they get tapped on the shoulder like, oh, you can go uh, you can go back into the locker room now. Now, that didn't happen, but you're watching Robert Spillane get absolutely just basically abused in the and, and it's not his fault it's not his forte i mean he's more of a run stuffer but it, you're seeing that numbers and you're like well that's maybe that's why they went and got showbert but anyways there was another whole another game that we want to talk about i i want to talk about players that you weren't impressed with we all know the guys that played well we're going to talk about the quarterbacks in a second but i want to know who were the guys that you were not impressed with on thursday night in philly Okay. Um, start off offensively. Uh, definitely uh, Joe Haig and his butt block that led to Mason Rudolph <laughs> getting sacked. Uh, that was not an impressive performance. Also, I'd say it was a step back for Kendrick Green. Um, th- those are probably the, the first two names that kind of uh, pop to the, the top of mind here. Well, a step back or a reality check? Which one? It, it's probably That's a good defensive check. front, though. That's a it good is. defensive front. Okay. It, and like we know as Steeler fans, we know how good uh, Javon Hargrave is. So th- yeah. that's who he's going up against. So to be completely fair to him, it's a, it's a rookie. That's a, I bet you if you asked him at the end of the year, hey, what was your hey rookie moment? I bet you he'd point to uh, lining up against Hargrave for a, for a full quarter there. So I guess offensively, those are the two guys I'd point to. Defensively, I, to me, I, I just have to kind of go after those inside linebackers. That Spillane struggled. Ulysses Gilbert the third. My goodness, uh, I, I, honestly, after this trade, now I feel like there's no way he's making the team after uh, all these years of him kind of getting the helmet taken away from him, injuries, playing poorly. Once again, another preseason game. He's he's abused in the run. He's taken poor angles. Uh, in the coverage game, he's just getting ran past. I think this is uh, going to be the end of the line for old uh, Ulysses Gilbert III. And to throw one more name out there, Cam Sutton didn't look very good, in my opinion, in uh, limited playing time. And that's kind of concerning because he is a starter. So yeah, hopefully but, uh, he yeah. gets that together. Yeah, you're right. I want to pick your brain with the offensive line since you brought that up. You said Kendrick Green didn't play well. I definitely trust your judgment and definitely saw him getting pushed around a little bit. We'll put it that way. Right. What did you think about Trey Turner's debut? You know what? I thought he was uh, pretty aggressive. Uh, I, I know he did get called for that hold. I believe is on a Najee Harris uh, yes. like seven yard carry. Yep. Uh, so that sucked. Uh, like, and that was honestly something he didn't need to do. And Najee was still going to turn that corner. And for a veteran guard, he's got to know better. But uh, I really liked how aggressive he was. He put guys on their backside, which is an offense alignment. That's that's your version of a touchdown, really. So uh, his his aggressiveness is something that stood out. Uh, I, I just think he fits this Adrian Clem scheme really well, and he he is an opportunity to get back to that level he was playing uh, back when he was a Carolina Panther. 
That's good to hear. You know more about it than I do for sure. What about Chooks for? Because there's a lot of people on Steelers Twitter that were ready to burn the barn down on this guy and say, get rid of him. What do you thought? What were your thoughts on Chooks? I, I don't know if I'm ready to uh, go that far, but uh, he definitely needs to play better. Um, it's kind of one of those spots where it's like, you know, it's a weakness, but it's not, it's not really the worst spot in the world. I also think uh, he was kind of hamstrung by uh, who he had playing beside him. Of course, Kevin Dotson was playing with the twos. And when you kind of have to build that chemistry with the guy beside you, I think he was kind of left out to dry a little bit. I'd like to see a, a core four playing next to Dotson, uh, especially as the preseason kind of winds down. And of course, now the Steelers are going to have basically no salary cap remaining. So it's not like they can go out and shop for a, for a left tackle. That's any better than uh, a core four. So we're going to get a, a year to see uh, those two guys beside each other. You know, it'll be interesting to see how far they grow. But uh, if uh, if this is a poor year for a core four, that could be the top of the Steelers draft uh, draft board uh, when it comes to the 2022 draft, trying to find uh, a replacement at left tackle. Well, I got to be honest, when I, I don't know as much about the offensive line as you or as any of the other draft analysts and stuff. But when when the Steelers drafted Dan Moore Jr. out of Texas A&M, the biggest knock on him, they say he's a developmental guy. He's not very physical. He's, he's a project. You're looking at like a year three starter. He's looked pretty good to me. And again, yeah. this is just from a layman's perspective. I am no expert. Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson were just steamrolling guys in the, in, when they got up there and it was against the second string, maybe even the third string for Philly. I'm not sure, but what were your thoughts on Dan Moore first? And then I want to get your thoughts on, on uh, Dotson. Go ahead with Dan Moore. Okay, so Dan Moore, this is interesting and something from the offensive line community uh, that you kind of hear a lot. It, it's when someone's coming out from the draft and they start working out with uh, Duke Johnson, uh, kind of one of those O-line academies. Oftentimes you'll hear from uh, those draft guys saying, now you can kind of throw that uh, that kind of breakdown on him in the garbage after he spends an offseason with this kind of guru that kind of gets your body right and gets your mind right for playing the position. So uh, Dan Moore, uh, he took uh, he took that route in the offseason. He's training with the best of the best. Uh, a lot of uh, former NFL guys are, are trainers at that academy. And a whole bunch of NFL players are also participants in it itself. So he's uh, he definitely took uh, the approach of getting better this offseason. And uh, he, he's taken that step forward. Could he be the starter in week one? I, I really doubt it. But uh, I, th- I think he's going to be ready a whole lot sooner than year three. Do you think that he would be someone that is at least capable if, I don't know, after the bye week, Cheeks of Corafor just looks like a steaming pile of dog crap. And you're like, can we put Dan Moore in there? And can he get the job done as a rookie? What do you think? Well, considering how good he has been thus far and – credit that it's still against uh, backup level players he's still been taking uh, a lot of forward steps he's gotten better all offseason long a full year in the system especially if he's healthy I think uh, if a core four struggling I wouldn't have a problem at least turning the the keys over for a game or two to see how he can do and if he can uh, rise to the occasion you can absolutely uh, ride things out with uh, Dan Moore and uh, kind of bank on that upside I'm really curious because, you know, Dan Moore is one of those players. You're like, well, I'd love to see him go against starting competition. Well, you, you look at the way that the Steelers are playing things out. It's just not going to work for them, meaning that week three for the Steelers next Saturday when they play the Detroit Lions, you're going to have the starters out there. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be out there. And week four for the Steelers is typically when they will just say the starters aren't even going to dress. It's 
we're emptying the bench, so to speak. However, for the other teams, not Dallas and Pittsburgh, we don't know how they're going to handle week three. What if week three for them is their dress rehearsal? And maybe Dan Moore, if he's starting that game, is going up against starting competition from the opposition. Just a thought, throwing it out there. Maybe we'll see. I don't know how teams are going to handle the three-game preseason. Have you heard anything? Um, from Detroit side, no, but I will say uh, the Detroit Lions are kind of uh, devoid of talent. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be getting that. Uh, well, but it's just their week matchup. two, though, Michael. I'm talking about in the following week. So I, who do they finish up with? The the Panthers? Did the Steelers finish up with the Panthers? Right, correct. That's so the, that's are the, the Panthers going to have their starters in that final week? Because remember, they have a whole week. They have like two, two weeks before the regular season after that. It's not a week off. So I'm wondering how they're going to handle their final preseason game. Will that be their final dress rehearsal? That's going to be something to watch. We might see the Steelers backups go up against some much better competition. I'm excited for that, but back to Kevin Dotson. I want to get your take on him. Yeah. You know what? I thought he looked good. I honestly, I thought the, the interior three, um, even when Hassenhauer and Finney were, uh, the two guys to the right of Kevin Dotson looked pretty good. They're aggressive. They're pushing guys around. I, I, th- I think he's going to be like a starter by week one, but it's still interesting. I, I know you watched Mike Tomlin's postgame uh, press conference and kind of one of the things that stood out to me is uh, one of the questions asked to Mike Tomlin was, hey, do you think this guy's uh, going to get more of a, a look with the ones next week? And Coach Tomlin quickly shut that down and said, I, I don't know yet. I, I need to watch more. And that was about it and moved on to the next question. And we know Coach Tomlin can talk on and on, even if it's about nothing. He just threw that away. It makes you wonder if he's in the doghouse or something else. Like it it really is confusing because really going back to last season, he was successful on the field. The Steelers offensive line was better when he was out there. Filer was coming off an injury and they still started in the playoff game. So to me, there's, I feel like there's something else that has to be going on because he's been skilled on the field. He improves the unit. He's definitely the best left guard on the roster and he should be in a starting spot, but for whatever reason, uh, he still gets thrown to the bench uh, and really, I, I can't give you a good explanation why from an on-field perspective. I, I just feel like there's something else going on here. I wonder if Tomlin at this point just doesn't want to talk to media about it because it, he probably saw that his comments that he made earlier this week about what are we talking about? The guy hasn't even worked yet, got completely twisted and misconstrued. I wonder if he's almost like, with this guy, I'm just not going to talk. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But you know what? Let's talk about the quarterbacks. What do you think about, let's talk about Rudolph and Haskins, because I think Dobbs is still kind of an outlier. Let's talk about Rudolph and Haskins. And if you were the head coach, how would you set up the, after Ben Roethlisberger plays this upcoming preseason game on Saturday, how would you roll them out after that? Okay, so th- this is pretty interesting to me. Uh, I still want to point out the fact that Mason Rudolph only had one incompletion, uh, and he he played solid. The, the reason the drive stalled, uh, there was a couple holding penalties and a false start. They were third and longs. I understand why the, the drives died the way they did. That being said, Haskins was still the better quarterback today, but that will not mean he takes a step above Rudolph no matter what. Uh, he had a great game. He put up some good numbers, and really – this is just a, a good situation for the Steelers because I think Haskins is maturing and he's working in the right direction. As for how you're going to roll these guys out now uh, with the Steelers' last two uh, preseason games, 
after Ben takes the field, of course, I think we're going to see all the starters uh, come off for both sides. So yeah, I really don't think it matters kind of the shift on, on how you want to play them. I, I, I'm kind of interested to see Mason Rudolph going up against the backups uh, just because he's been playing up against kind of the, like the top, the top guys that are still available for these games as the starter. Uh, so the next game is kind of an outlier. It's the final game, which I'm super interested in. I, I want to see Dwayne Haskins go up against kind of those, uh, those, those starting level players slash primary backups. I, I want to get uh, him on the field with Deontay and Juju and Claypool or whoever may be starting uh, the game off. I, he hasn't had that opportunity yet, but uh, w- once he, once he gets that, I think we'll be able to compare the two a little bit more just because the level of play uh, and, what we've been able to see from uh, Rudolph with having guys like Najee beside him, but then playing against a, a Mika Parsons or whoever Dwayne Haskins, of course, having lesser talent beside him, but also going up against lesser talent. So I kind of want to see that script re- reversed for that last preseason game. Uh, they just got to get Ben right for uh, the preseason game three. And maybe he gets a little bit of action in the fourth preseason game, just to make sure he's not rusty after a two week layoff. But uh, seeing what Haskins can do against uh, the team's number ones is kind of important for uh, the, the back half of this preseason. You know, since they don't play till Saturday next week, we'll get to talk about that game next Friday in your segment. Uh, but I do want to ask you a couple questions, two questions before I let you go. And it's a roster cut question. So Joe Sherbert, let's assume he is coming to Pittsburgh because at the time of this being recorded, it is still just a report and a rumor. But let's say it becomes official. Who gets the axe based on him coming not now but when the cuts are made is it ug3 or is it a marcus allen who are you cutting uh first and foremost i think uh Schobert's wife's already uh, uh packing up to move to Pittsburgh. Uh, if uh, <laughs> if you scroll through her twitter account so I, I think it's done but uh when it comes to cuts that's tough i still think marcus allen brings a little bit of juice on special teams and he's kind of that ultimate hype guy he's good for the locker room and then Ulysses Gilbert's just been in the doghouse far too many times. I think UG3 ends up the guy uh, on the chopping block. And uh, that's the guy they kind of move on from, especially because they're both kind of buck linebackers. Uh, so one kind of replaces the other. Next question. Jameer Jones is by far the, the guy that jumps off the screen the most this preseason. And it's oh, yeah. because he's going against backups. I feel like he's different than Tuzar Skipper. Tuzar Skipper was like, man, is this guy for real? But no, I feel like Jameer Jones is a well-rounded player. So let's say the Steelers want to keep him. How do they make a spot for him? Do they get rid of Q from the U? Quincy Roche is the Pokemon King Cassius Marsh gone. What do you do to make room for Jameer Jones? Yeah, that that's the tough question here. And I, I think you might find the spot uh, from different positions. I, I don't think the Steelers should be carrying four running backs. That seems a little unnecessary this year, like they did a year ago, especially because Najee's going to kind of spearhead uh, all the carries, really. So I think you can find the spot somewhere else in the roster. But at the end of the day, you're only going to carry, what, maxed out five outside linebackers. I, I just can't see a world where they'd take six of them right. uh, unless they had no depth at inside linebacker, which, of course, now they do. But um, – when it comes to that final spot, to me, I am just completely against having Cassius Marsh on this roster. Um, he, he, he's an older player. He's sneakily older than a lot of people would expect. I think this is his eighth season in the NFL, and he's never developed uh, against uh, being a, a run defender. And we know Keith Butler said uh, that like those last spot or two at outside linebacker, 
It's, it's probably going to be more made by Danny Smith than what those guys can do on special teams, which isn't great because Cash Marsh is a decent special teamer. I, I don't think you cut Quincy Roche, though. If it's me, I'm, I'm cutting Marsh uh, and an extra running back to make space for both Jameer Jones and Quincy Roche to round out that outside linebacker room. Can't complain with that. Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark, <laughs> thank you very much for uh, the discussion and debate on Twitter during the game. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next Friday. Thanks for coming along. Oh, my pleasure. Looking forward to it. And I'm sure we'll have a, a couple more barbs before uh, we get back on the air next week. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Thanks a lot, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, want to thank Michael Beck, Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark, as I call him, for his segment, as we do every Friday. It's always fun to talk with him about the Steelers, and uh, the last two weeks, having it be right after the game has been a lot of fun. want to finish out the podcast with my heart-to-heart, as I do every Friday. Finish the show with a heart-to-heart. A lot of people are talking about the quarterback battle, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Everyone wants, and it just seems like, it kind of reminds me of um, like Survivor when they would have, and I don't, I'm not a fan of the show, but I've seen enough to know a little bit about it, where you have like two camps, and there's camp so-and-so and camp so-and-so. It just, this is what it feels like. There's Camp Rudolph and there's Camp Haskins. That doesn't mean that one side's right and one side's wrong. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, if you're in Camp Rudolph, you can't say anything good about Haskins, and if you're in Camp Haskins, you can't say anything good about Rudolph. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And remember that they're all playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If we can have success, if we can see from fan the fan base standpoint, success from both, that's the best case scenario. Because then you can keep all three, and you have three viable options. I, I, as much as Dwayne Haskins would want to be QB2 on the roster, I, I, you want to do it the right way. And that is, if Mason Rudolph goes out and puts his best foot forward, Dwayne Haskins does the same, and the coaching staff deems that Dwayne Haskins is better suited for the QB2 role, then there, you want it straight up. I don't think anyone's hoping that Mason Rudolph, for instance, if I'm Dwayne Haskins, I'm not rooting for Mason Rudolph to stink it up and throw a bunch of picks. That's not, no, I want to beat him straight up. Give me your best shot, I'm going to beat you. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my personality. I'm not normal. I know that. But still, understand that if both of these players play well, and by the way, Mason Rudolph has not played poorly. Mason Rudolph has played like Mason Rudolph. That, that's what it is. He's played like Mason Rudolph. He's been inconsistent at times. He's shown some signs of really good play and then signs where you're scratching your head saying, what in the world was that? That's Mason Rudolph. That's what fans should be come to expect. So when it comes to this quarterback battle, let's let it play out on the field. We all want to have our uh, guesses. We all want to have our projections and predictions. But ultimately, let's just let it play out. These players will get, you'll know by the end of this preseason who is the QB2, who is the the QB3, and who might be the future. We don't know. But let it play out on the field. We don't need to rush to judgment. We don't need to have these knee-jerk reactions all the time. Let's let it play out. Okay, you don't have to be in one camp. You could be in the Steelers camp where both of those other camps reside. That's where I stand. All right, folks, that does it for me. Thank you for spending some of your Friday with me. Thank you for checking out Behind the Steel Curtain in our podcast platform. Remember, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. I will be back on Monday to predict the players that are going to be cut on Tuesday as well as 
anything else related to the Pittsburgh Steelers as it happens over the weekend. And you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Go Steelers. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.